You know, when the power is out, life can get a little hectic. As, uh, as we had over the Christmas break, I mean, perhaps, I mean, that's why uh, we are here today, so many of you. Uh, some of you would not be at West Lynchburg Baptist Church today had the power uh, not gone out. But life gets hectic, it's uncertain and, and out of control. And you don't know how much you need power until you don't have any. When, when you're, you feel a little powerless, and quite frankly, over the last several weeks, it seems to be kind of crazy with our, our power. Christmas Eve, as, as Jeff mentioned, yeah, Christmas Eve, our, the power in, in our church at T.C. Miller and around our, our community um, was out, and it was cold. We had several families affected that uh, particular weekend. And as we, Tad and I were trying to determine, do we still have the, the Christmas Eve service, you know, or, or not? Because, I mean, it, it's going to be dark. You can't see anything. You know, will people even show up? And it was just amazing how many people came to a cold, dark service just to worship our Savior. And that particular evening as well, as people were here and we knew they were living without electricity and their homes were cold, we just asked for some volunteers to step up. Could you assist in this? And, and they did, and every family was taken care of. Amazing. It was fortunate that we were having a candlelight service. That added a little uh, to, our, to our, uh, you know, our evening. But uh, I remember standing up here, I had a little light so I could see the scriptures I was reading. Uh, but I didn't get to actually see the people that were there. It was pitch black. I couldn't see five feet in front of my face. That's how dark it was. But what a memory. But it does remind us that, you know, without power, it is a little uncertain. What's going to happen? Are we secure? Are we safe? Our world seems like that sometimes. A little out of control. A little out of uh, certainty. I mean, what is out of control? What, what is it we seem to have uh, little to no power in? Some world events. Government spending is out of control. We have very little power there. <laughs> Our safety, our life, when life seems out of control. There seems to be a growing sense of powerlessness in the lives of so many. Have you ever felt powerless to change a situation? You want to do something, but you are unable? Maybe it's a work situation, a relationship situation. Maybe you've got some personal habits. Oh, I want to change this, but I don't feel like I have the power to do so. A counselor was speaking to a client and he said, did this fear of being insignificant, dominated, and powerless come on you suddenly? Or just naturally with a new job, marriage, and parenting? Because sometimes we get into situations it feels like we have no power. This month we've been focusing on a series called Call Upon Me. In several places in Scripture, Jeremiah and Psalms, it says, call upon me. You're in situations, God tells us, that, that it seems like we have no, uh, uh, nowhere to go, no, no understanding of what to do. So he says, call upon me, the all-wise, all-powerful God. We talked about call upon me for deliverance from your situation. We've got, last week we talked about call upon me for joy. Because how do you have joy in the midst of difficult circumstances? And today I want us to focus on call upon me for power. And why do we call upon God for power? Because He is all-powerful. In Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17, He says this. 
Ah, Lord God, it is you who has made the heavens and the earth. And by your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. You know, God never gets frustrated with situations because nothing is too hard for him. He's never encountered something that goes, oh man, what am I going to do here? I, I, I don't know how to move forward. God never has these kind of thoughts because God is all powerful. And at times I think we need to be reminded of that in our situations. If we are powerless and he is all powerful, why don't we call upon him for his power that he has told you, call upon me. I, I, I give freely and I give uh, very pointedly to the situations you're in. Can we trust that God is all-powerful? Or is this just an empty claim? We have educators in here today, so I thought I'd do a little research. Did you know that every hour, 430 quintillion joules of energy, now that's impressive to me, by the way, that I said that right. 430 quintillion joules of energy from the sun hits the earth every hour. All right? So what does that mean to you? Well, that's, that's 430 with 18 zeros after it, by the way. But every year, 365 days of the year, the total amount of energy used by humans is 410 quintillion joules. The sun is so powerful that it can give us in one hour on this planet all the energy needs we have for an entire year. And then I think, and who made that sun? Who's even more powerful than the sun? Our Lord. Jeremiah 32, 17, once again, you have made the heavens and the earth. And if the sun is that powerful, how awesome is the power of God who has invited us to call upon him for the power that we need in the situations that we face. His power is incomprehensible. He is an amazing, unending supply of power, and yet he desires for that same power to work in us and through us. In the book of Ephesians, where I'll focus most of our time today, Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you can pick up the black Bible in the pew rack right in front of you and turn to page 918. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible, or you need to upgrade your Bible, yours is kind of dusty and, and uh, torn up, just take the black Bible that's in the pew rack. It's our gift to you from West Lynchburg Baptist Church. I would much rather you have a Bible that you will read in your possession than one that just sits in the pew all week. We can replace it uh, very easily. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and following, it says, actually I'll back up to verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. So it, it shows that this is a prayer. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, 
and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. As it says here, there is a power that works within us. It's His power. He is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. He's already mentioned two different places where we need to be strengthened. Why? Because we are weak left to ourselves. And so the, there's two questions that are prompted in my mind when I read something like this. Okay, uh, first, when should I call upon God for power? And the second question is, uh, how do I call upon God for power? So let's, let's focus on the first question. When do we call upon God for power? Here's the first answer. We need God's power to get started. With anything that we do, we need God's power, His enabling, His wisdom. Have you ever been paralyzed by procrastination? Some of you are thinking about it. Yeah, maybe. You know, you, you know you need to do it. You want to do it. You, you have to do it. You, you've got to do it. But you still postpone doing it. Welcome back to our, our college students, by the way. This is for you. You know you're going to have to do some of those papers. You know you're going to have to read some of those books. You know you're going to have to do some of those reports. And I know the, the late nights and the coffee at the end of the semester kind of get you through. But you know what? You might want to go ahead and read the syllabus tomorrow so you know what's expected. Begin to work a little ahead before it's crunch time at the end. Just a thought. And I'm not only speaking to college students, some adults have never learned this process. Yes? Anybody? Welcome? Yes, yes, yes. How many have to grade something tonight? Some of the educators. Oh, yeah, we got some stuff to do for tomorrow. All right, so all these, we, we know we got to, but we postpone it. We just can't get the motivation to start. And Romans chapter 7, verse 18 speaks to this a little. He says, Paul says this, For I know that nothing good dwells in me. Speaking of our spiritual lives, I know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. So many places in our life, even beyond our spiritual nature, it says, I, I, I have the desire, but I just don't have the ability. I don't have the motivation. I, I don't have the, the, the wherewithal to, to push over the edge. In one New Testament translation, it says, For while the will to do right is present, the power to carry, out, the, the power to carry it out is not. You ever felt like that? You know you got to, you want to. And you just don't. You don't get started. You have the right thing, but not the power. We must do all things that require. We, we, we do things that require more time, more energy, more effort, more intelligence and giftedness. And we are limited sometimes by our natural bent. So we, we need God's power. Back in the book of Philippians, it says this in chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
The things that we're, 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 we're needing to do, the things that we need to press forward to, it's God's gift to us that he, he works in us both to give us the will to do it and the, the ability, the work to do it. The New Living Translation says it this way, for God is working in you. That's a great reminder. He is working in you even now, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. There are times in our lives when we're trying to do something in our own strength and God doesn't supplement the power there because it's not according to his will. It does not please him. God will let you wear yourself out in the things that don't matter or the things that are sinful, the things that are drifting apart from your gifting, calling, and holiness. But when you are at a place where you know God's called you, God's called you to teach, God's called you to, 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 to be a parent, God's called you to be a great worker, whatever that may be, God will give you the will and the power to accomplish it. So lean on Him, trust Him, depend upon Him. Have you ever heard people say, God has a wonderful plan for your life? Absolutely. Are you also reminded that God has a wonderful power for your life? It's not just a plan, it is a power that we lean on. We call upon Him. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your power to, to, to start what you're calling me to do. What I've learned is that God never asks you to do something without giving you the power to do it when you'll trust Him. Another way of saying it is where God guides, He will always provide. Trust Him. Here's the second time that we need God's power. When do we need it to get started? We also need it to keep going. You ever started something? You get halfway through, you get distracted, you get defeated, and you quit? How many of you right now have projects left over from 2022 you just never got around to finishing? Yeah, too many of us. You know, I'll get to it one day. You know, maybe even put it on your calendar, but maybe you're like me. It could be on my calendar. I can still ignore it. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, we, we need to get started, but so many times we just stop in the middle of it. Perhaps this is your verse. Psalm 6, verse 2 and 3. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Some of you, that's your life verse. Because you, you, you feel just defeated and you need the strength that he can provide in order to keep going. To call upon him for power to perform and the power to persist. We need, uh, uh, when we're wiped out, we need his power to keep going. Most people never persevere because they lack the power to do so. 75%, studies have shown 75% of people who start reading the Bible at the beginning of the year never finish. It's perhaps because you got to Leviticus and you said, I'm done. 85% of people who start a weight loss program never complete their plan. We're good at starting sometimes, but we are awful at finishing it. The perseverance to complete it. That's when we need to call upon God. If he's called us to do something, if we know it's going to be pleasing to him, it doesn't violate his will, then call upon God to give you the power to persist. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, love this section of scripture. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard 
The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Uh, Give some illustration here. He says in verse 30, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Incredible passage truth here. I want you to notice, you know, when when somebody says that, I I don't know if I can go on, look to this verse and realize this is a common experience of all people. We we run, but we're we're exhausted. Even young, uh, the young men shall fall exhausted. But the, the solution here is those who wait for the Lord. Another way that word wait can be translated, it's not just sitting around in the waiting booth, you know, waiting for the next bus to come by. It's it's hope or trust. Those who trust in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord. Those who wait for God's perfect timing and know that He's going to accomplish it. Those who find their rest in the Lord shall renew their strength. Perhaps some of you are running at, at, at so fast in your life and you're wearing out because you've been running on your own fuel and you're about to be empty. Perhaps it's time to step back and go, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't overcome this. I can't, I can't put any more energy into this relationship and this, this situation. I, for me to go on, I need your strength. I need your power. And I don't always know what to do, but I'll trust that you do. So I'm just going to walk and step with your spirit to see what you might do. As you give me words to say, or you give me the actions to do. I'm going to wait. I'm going to trust. I'm going to hope for the Lord. And in that, I will gain new strength. This is why every morning you ought to pause. Before you run into your day, you ought to pause to wait and hope and trust in the Lord. Commit your day to Him. Don't give God your schedule. Give God your heart and He will direct your schedule. When you start feeling fatigued and worried and all weary, the Spirit reminds us, let's wait on the Lord. Now some will say, yes, but it doesn't work for me. I'm a Christian. I, I'm a believer. I love God. But I'm fatigued all the time. I'm worn out, stressed out, and I don't see God's power in my life. Why is that? Because it's not automatic. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you get God's strength and power. This verse reminds you need to step into His love every day. You haven't lost it, but you have to call upon Him daily. How many of you ate a meal yesterday? So you're good for the week, right? You know, it's, it's, people will say sometimes, and it's just strange to me. They go, yeah, I read the Bible. That didn't work for me. I read it. I went all week and thought about a little bit of it, you know, but it just didn't work for me. So I'm going to give it up. You know, it, yeah, when you encourage your students, you know, that happens. But, but you know, it didn't work for, for them. Did you do it every day? Yeah. 
I mean, if I walked into somebody and, and they tell me this, and they go, yeah, I just, I, I read the Bible, it didn't work for me. Really? Did you eat? Did it work for you? Are you still eating? Because daily we need his nutrition. You know, daily we, we need some guidance. That's how it works with the Lord. It's not, I'll check in once a year. I'll go to the Christmas Eve service. I'll stop in and on Easter service. I'll say, thanks. I'll see you next year. And then I'll get enough strength. No, you know what? In my life, I need a strength, not just daily. I need it moment by moment. There are times I get up in the morning, I'm running, I'm excited. By noon, I'm exhausted and, and, and fatigued. And I'm like, oh, I need to step back a moment and just reconnect with God. God, I need your strength here. I, I was running, but now I need you to power up. I need to trust you in this situation. I need to hope uh, in you in this situation. It's not automatic, so continue to call upon him. So when do we need to call upon him? Two, two ways, or two, two times. To get going and to keep going. Second question I had, and we'll kind of walk through this fairly quickly. How do you call upon God for power? We know we need Him at the beginning and throughout our entire uh, situation, throughout our entire lives, but how do we call upon God's power? Simple, three things. Number one, admit a lack of power and ask. Admit a lack of power and ask. I want you to go back to Ephesians, if you're, if you're not there. Ephesians chapter 3 just looking at verse 20, which has so much packed in truth, I want you to grasp it today. I mean, the first step in, in any situation is admit that you need help. AA will tell you this, Celebrate Recovery will tell this, when it's an addiction, a, a habit, a hang-up that you can't get over, admit that you need the help. When you are weak, you are fatigued, you, you don't have a direction, you're not sure what to do, then admit it. You don't have to admit it to the whole world, but you ought to admit it to God. He is not going to be shocked. But he is going to honor your confession. I need help. It steps in because the power of God is, is released at the point that you're admitting that our problems are, are here and they're overwhelming. And we are not omnipotent. We're not all powerful. It cuts into our pride when we, we have to admit that we don't have all the answers or have all the strength. Stop thinking you can do all things without God's help or direction. When you try to handle everything in your own power, the results only add stress and pressure and frustration and tension in your life. You know, there are some who only realize that they are powerless in the most inopportune times. You think you got it all going and all of a sudden the rug comes out from under you. And you're like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, the moment you wake up and realize the fact that you have limits, it is sobering. When your body doesn't move as fast as you'd like it to go. You don't know this when you're fourth grade, but when you're 40, you do. When you don't think as quickly as you used to. I know that sometimes we'll see senior adults and they have to take a moment to recall something. But I always have a pleasure when I see a 22-year-old going, okay, hold on, hold on, hold it. It's coming. I'm like, see, you had a senior moment. This is really good for you to know that you have limitations. When you don't have as much energy as you think you ought to have, there comes a time in life when we have to admit, I'm not God and I cannot control everything in my life. So I'll have to trust him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God speaks to Paul. 
He goes on, therefore I will boast, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Sometimes we try to hide our weaknesses, and Paul's like, listen, I'm weak. I I will boast of my weaknesses. Why? He says, boast of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, and he's depending upon God, then I am strong. The strongest we can be is no match to the power of God. Therefore, admit your weaknesses, call upon Him, and see God's strength shine through your life. As long as we pretend to be self-sufficient, you will always short-circuit God's power in your life. When we say, well, I'll check in with you later, God. It'll be fine. You're not going to experience the abundant life God has promised. The starting point to receiving God's power is to say, I am weak. God, you are strong. Would you fill me and work through me with your strength? The more to be depend upon God, the more power God will give you. You notice it says, ask. Now to him who is able, he is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask. The question is, are you asking? Admitting and asking. And he can do far more than you even ask. Second thing you'll see in the passage is, is that uh, not all that you just ask, but you think, that you believe. In verse 12 of that same chapter of Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 says, We have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. Do you have faith in Him, trust in Him, belief in Him? Then you get down to verse uh, 20, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. So how is your thinking? Do you think big things about God? And do you think big things from God. Because both are needed. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23. Jesus says this. All things are possible for those who believe. I think that we limit our belief. Because we, we, we think God has to fit into our box. Our context and our limitations. And at no time is God bound by our limitations. Your faith absolutely unleashes the power of God in your life. When you ask You admit and ask, and then you think, you believe that God can do all things. Now with that, there's a little caveat. God can do all things. And we ask Him to do amazing things. But God is still God, and He can determine what is best for that situation. I believe God can do all things, and I ask Him. I ask Him to heal people. I ask Him to to provide financial resources for people. But God is not obligated to just fulfill my request as I gave it. I can just say, God, I know you can. And I know you will accomplish your will in this situation. But I'm going to ask big. Sometimes people go, oh, well, just ask for a little. I I just want a little. And I'm thinking, why in the world would you limit the the request when God says, he can do far more abundantly than all you could ask or think. So I can think pretty big. And it doesn't even scratch the surface of all that God can do. We ought to be crying out. Think think about your expectations. We ought to be crying out, Lord, I need your help this week to face this situation, whatever it is. It's going to be tough, perhaps with my spouse or my kids or my work or my school or my friends or my deadlines, my bills, my health, all these things. I need your help. So God, I confess, I need your help. And I ask because I believe you can do amazing things. How many of you ever write down your prayer request in a little journal or a little book? How many of you ever come back and write the answer God gave for that request? 
Sometimes it does not match. I asked for this, and God came back and gave far more. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says, wait on me for my perfect timing. And sometimes he says, no, your request is not my will. And therefore, I'll show you what my answer is. And since God has unlimited power, why limit our expectations? It makes no difference to God what your needs are. He is omnipotent. You know, as somebody said, I'll just ask for a little. Why not ask for a lot? God is not bothered by your big request. When Moses was backed up against the uh, the, the Red Sea, he's got all these uh, people he's leading, and he's got an army coming behind him, and, and the, whole, the, the, the whole thing is just huge, and what are we going to do? He goes, well, God, if you just give us a little boat. No. God says, why don't we just part the whole thing? It is amazing what God can do. Ask for the big and see what God would do. Don't think that it just won't, probably won't happen, or we assume that God's too busy. I love that the, the Bible teaches us to speak what we ought to speak so it will help us believe what we truly believe. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, I love this little jewel here. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. I wonder if sometimes what we speak maligns the word and will of God. I can't believe this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think this is hopeless. I, I, think, I think my marriage is hopeless and it's going to fall apart. I, I think my kids are just hopeless. I, I, I don't think this is going to work. Oh, we've got this. And we speak, even as believers, we speak negative language in a situation. And then we wonder why it stays in a negative state. We say things in a, a negative way as if there's no hope. And then we live out the reality of our own words. And this is not one of these name it and claim it situations where if I just say it, God's going to make it happen. But I will say, positive, biblical, God-centered, focused language is far greater to your perspective and the results than negative, pessimistic you know, situations. When we speak, let's speak the words of God. God can do it. God will do what is best. I'll just trust Him. I'll believe Him. And then I'll celebrate His holy name. The power of your day is greatly impacted by what you say. What you replay in your mind over and over again. And how you pray. What you say, what you replay, and how you pray will make an incredible difference in your day. You ought to pray, God, right now. I pray that you would renew my mind and that you would help me to trust you. I ask that you empower me to speak words of truth and hope so that I can live an abundant life of joy that you have promised. Here's the last thing. Connect and do. Connect to do. We're going to ask, we're going to think, we're going to do. I want you to see the tail end of this in verse 20, and then we'll kind of close it all up. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask, we ought to be asking and thinking, and then it says, according to the power at work within us. His power works within us. And you notice it's not works within you. Though there is a personal application here, there is a corporate context here. What I find in Scripture is that the power of God works through community 
more than just the individual. Because the power of God is on display for everybody. And we see the power of God work through groups greater than just an individual. Why? Because it is his power. He gets the attention, not an individual. How did this last week work? Because I believe the power of God brought this situation together and he's been working through a lot of us. That's how the power of God works. There, there is power in uh, the, the group that God works through. And here, he's, he's specifically speaking about the church, specifically here. I'm going to work my miracle power through you as a plural group. There's so many places in the Scripture where you see where one individual struggling and then a group gathers together and amazing things happen. Perhaps it's time for us to say, we're going to grab on to God's power. We're going to call upon Him. We're going to call upon Him now. We're going to call upon Him throughout the whole situation that we're facing. We're going to admit that we need Him. We're going to believe that He can do it and think higher thoughts. And we're going to connect with one another to do what He will empower us to do. So what's your next step? When you've got a personal power outage... You feel powerless. You ought to be praying, Lord, I don't have the power, but I'm going to have faith in your power, and I'm going to speak about your power, and I'm going to move forward and act with others in that power. Whatever you're facing right now, are you dealing with somebody that's too hard to love? Pray for the power to love. Are you facing a health challenge? Call upon him for the power to trust him in this. Are you facing a financial challenge? Call upon him for the power to provide. What good is God's power if we never ask?